Hey guys, this is Rob Joy here with a brand new podcast. We are going to be releasing many different podcasts over the next few weeks and months. Uh, and we are looking forward to hopefully inspiring you, encouraging you, challenging you as we go along. These podcasts will take various forms. There will be testimonies, there will be teaching from the Bible, there will be personal experiences, there will be sports, there will be fitnesses. We're going to brand them into different categories. We're really looking forward to releasing soon our YouTube channel and our podcast called Parade the Elephant. Parade the Elephant will be dealing with topics that most people want to ignore or don't want to face fully, including the likes of addiction and pornography, all those kind of things, failure in the church, success, how people have overcome. It's going to be really going to the grind of it all. So do look out for that. We will let you know when those are ready. But right now, I want to speak to you on a topic that's been really burning in my heart called private adoration, public availability. That's private adoration, public availability. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Translation. It's been really speaking into my heart and I hope that it does you as well as we journey together. So listen in, it says this, Does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. Verse six, but he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us for it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. I've preached this many times before uh, and I've used this quote that has become really dear to me. It was a quote that I coined a few years ago, something that was burning in my heart, and I find myself repeating it over and over and over again in sermons and in different ways and different forms. But it's that God is not looking for the professional and the polished. He's looking for the humble and the hungry. That humility is what releases the grace of God into our lives. There is an abundance of grace. There is an abounding grace. There is a never-ending grace in Christ. But of course, we can clearly see here in this scripture that God resists us when we are proud, but releases that grace as we are humble. So I believe that that grace brings us to humility, but it's in that humility that God sees in us um, and responds to us with his outpouring of grace. That's that unmerited favour. That's the undeserved goodness and kindness of God. And it is poured out, the Bible says, more and more. In other words, there is an increasing measure. There's an overflowing, an outpouring of the grace of God. But first of all, I want to take us back to verse 5. It speaks about the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover. Now, if you imagine the very, very beginning of creation, where God created Adam out of the dust of the ground, There was a formless earth, there was a dark earth, there was a void. And out of that chaos, God carved out his glory and he created the stars, he created the seas, he created the uh, plants and vegetation and all the various animals. He created the firmaments and he says continuously that he saw that it was good. 
But what I love is that when God created man, when he created Adam, the first man, the Bible then tells us in Genesis that he says, and he saw that it was very good. In other words, I see it this way, that God was creating continuously stars, sun, planets, uh, fish of every kind, animals of every kind, the deep sea, the, the vegetation, all of that, the firmament. He was creating it all and it was, of course, good because what God creates is always good. But it was not enough to satisfy the heart of God. It, it was like his creative juices were flowing, but they hadn't quite finished in fulfilling the heart of the father. And so he created then Adam, he created man in his own image. And then the father says that he saw that it was very good. In other words, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. That's the desire of my heart in being a creative father. And then we read in James that that spirit, the same spirit that God breathed into the nostrils of Adam, if you can only imagine that moment when that sculpted um, lifeless being or lifeless creation was just being formed and fashioned into existence by a father. But it was as the breath of God, the pneuma, the, 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 the very essence, the spirit wind of God was breathed into the nostrils of Adam, Adam opened his eyes for the very first time, his heart would have started registering, beating uh, for the very first time. And can you imagine Adam in that moment as he opens his eyes, as breath takes hold, life takes hold. And in that very moment, the very first person he sees is the father. Creative, awesome Adam breathed into existence by a creator that loves and wants a relationship with his children. Adam would have seen eye to eye, heart to heart, face to face with almighty God. I can only imagine the awesomeness of that experience. But then we see here that it's the same today that that spirit is a jealous lover. The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is a jealous lover, jealous in the pure sense of the word, who it says here intensely desires to have more and more of us. Now I could read that as plural, more and more people, more and more of us, which of course would also be true. But I believe that primarily it means here that no matter how much we've given God of our own heart and our own life, he wants more. 95% is not enough. God wants the whole man. God created man and he wants the whole man back. He redeemed man at the cross of his son, Jesus Christ, when he shed his blood, he gave his life and the very purpose of sending Jesus, sacrificing his only beloved son, his only begotten son, doing so because he desired nothing more than to have you and me restored back into intimate intimacy with him again. And so no matter how much you've given God of you, God says, I want more. I intensely desire to have more of you. I want that pain. I want that struggle. I want that weakness. I want that vulnerability. I want that achievement. I want that success. I want that gift. I want that talent. There's nothing in you that God does not desire to have to redeem, to wash, to clean, to make new, to restore, to encourage. God, the Holy Spirit, desires intensely to have more of you. So I want to challenge myself and I want to challenge you as a listener 
to this podcast and hope that you would like, share and encourage other people to start listening in as we journey together through these podcasts. God wants more of you. That means you are not rejected by God. That means that you are not cast aside. That means that you are not worthless in any way, shape or form, no matter how bad you've lived your life or how much you've failed or how repetitive your mistakes have been, God still says to you, I want more. He is not giving up on you. He's not pushing you aside and casting you onto the rubbish heap. He, the Holy Spirit of God, is desiring intensely to draw more and more of your heart and of your nature into him that you might be the one that he created you to be. But then it says this, he continues to pour out more and more grace. And actually in the Aramaic translation, that could actually read, he gives us a greater gift or the grace, the favour he gives us is stronger, it's strengthened, it's increased. And so what God wants is more of you, but what God gives is more of him. He gives the gifting of God, he gives the strength of his grace. And of course, then that becomes a life cycle that should bring us daily into more freedom and into more intimacy with a loving father. So what God gives is greater grace. What God wants is deepening desire. I'll say that again. What God gives is greater grace because what God wants is deepening desire. What the world needs actually is both, which is why I've titled this podcast Private Adoration Public availability. I'm going to explain that as we go along. Men and women of God who live in the secret place and live out of the strength of grace. Men and women of God who live in the secret place. That's that private adoration that God is intensely desiring. That's what Jesus meant in the book of Matthew when he says, when you pray, not if, but when, when you pray, Go into the secret place. Go into a uh, private place and adore God. Just go in, not with an agenda, but with adoration. Not with an, a list of uh, requirements. Of course, there's nothing wrong. The Bible says make your requests known to God. But primarily at the first part, at the very essence of God's desire for you and me in prayer is our adoration of him and that he would allow us to experience his adoration of us, his wow of us, he's wowed by us. He doesn't create us and then look at us with pity. He creates us and is wowed by his own creation. He saw that you were very good. He saw that I was very good and he wants more. He wants to know you more intimately. Isn't that absolutely incredible? And I asked the question of the Lord, what happens when God finds a man, finds a woman, finds a child who is adoring of you in private and available to you in public? Like what happens when those two merge and become one? The private adoration and then a public availability. In other words, that you would be so submitted to God, so yielded to God. I would be so laid down before the Lord the potter and the clay, that I would be so his and, and, and fully surrendered, fully yielded. What happens when we are so like that and living like that, that we are 
publicly available, that God wants us to go into a marketplace, stand on a soapbox and preach, we'll do it. If he wants us to stand up on a bus or in an aeroplane and preach the gospel, we'll do it. If he wants us to go in secret to a little old lady that's struggling with her garden and just wants us to mow the lawn and cut the hedge, that we will do it. If he sees that um, we are so surrendered to him, he could just nudge you and say, go to Pakistan or go to Kazakhstan or go to Malawi, which is where I live as a missionary with my family and just be available. Just go and hand out shoes, go and hand out bandages, go and hand out bottles of water, go to the prisons, go to the refugee camps, go to the hospitals, go to the highways and the byways. What would happen? to the earth? What would the earth look like if we had a generation of men, women and children that were so privately adoring of God, so committed to the private chambers of his heart, so one with him in presence in prayer and then publicly available, ready to just give God anything. The gifts that he has given belong to him. If it's preaching, prophesying, serving, encouraging, whatever those gifts are that God has given you, administration, the gift of helps, the, the, the ability to lead people in worship. And what would it be like the world if God could find worshippers that were willing to just stand in a street corner and sing the songs that we are comfortable to sing in a church service? But what would happen if you were publicly available with that gift and that you were prepared to give it all to God in the marketplace? And, and I heard the Lord very clearly respond and say, the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of my glory. I believe that that is the result, that is the fruit of men, women and children that are adoring of God in private and available to him in public. And, and of course, we know that there is a wonderful intimacy movement right now sweeping the nations. And, and there's also in many reforms and different expressions, there is wonderful missions movement. But what happens if these two major thrusts on the earth right now converge? What happens to those that are completely adoring of him in private, but, but they often ignore the, the challenge to go and speak to the homeless man or preach the gospel to the prostitute or go and heal the sick, the person who's struggling? And what happens if we could have an intimacy movement and a missions movement converge? Uh, what would happen? And I, and I just really believe it would be power, incredible power pouring out of presence and presence pouring in to the society around us and into government and into education and into hospitals and all these different projects and arenas, I believe that we would see power, literally wonderful working power poured out of the presence of the Lord, not just out of the gift that God's given you, but out of the very anointing and the presence of who he is. And I'm challenging myself because at different stages of my walk with God, I've definitely danced in both camps. I've danced in the intimacy camp, the private adoration camp, and I was a, a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord in the north of England, a 24-7 house of prayer that had 24-7 prayer for three whole years. It was incredible. And, and I believe from uh, hearing reports from different people that that's um, coming back into that same church and city right now in the north of England. They're trying to rebirth that 24-7 uh, prayer. So I've lived many years as a prayer warrior, a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord, walking the, the corridors of prayer from 11 at night to 6 in the morning with a short break and uh, you know, early in the morning, just seeking the face of God, spending hours at a time in a prayer booth, just locked in with a Bible and a heart on fire for the Lord. And, 
you know, I've, I've lived in that camp and then I've lived in the camp where it's just been mission, 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 preach, preach, preach. And I've been in the fields of Africa and I've stood on big platforms in India and in the Philippines and uh, Texas, Vegas. I've been in Europe, Germany, Greece, different places preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, but then I, I started to lose the intimacy because I was too busy in ministry. And so I'm, I've danced in both camps and I've found actually that the greatest rhythm flows when those two camps become one camp, when you are both intimate and available, when you are both adoring and available. And, and, and it's like God is looking to find people that are burning for him in the secret place of prayer and worship. Even this morning, I just went and locked myself in my room and I took a, a slice of bread and we didn't have any red wine and we didn't have any grape juice, but I had some um, fruit juice and I just I just said, God, you know, you're not a religious God. You don't care if it's an orangey colour, not a red colour. Um, it represents your blood in faith in my heart. And so I went and I had communion with the Lord. I just knelt by my bed and I just had some communion with the Lord and I thanked the Lord for the cross and I thanked the Lord for his blood and you know and I, I just spent some time weeping and thanking God and just adoring him and, and glorifying him in the secret place and and then we come out as missionaries and we're surrounded here by witches witchcraft and drunken men just so beaten by drinking and drugs marijuana and poverty and just you know we're surrounded by it people, children with scabies and with wounds and things, you know, there's always a cry. Right now, one of the children that lives in our sort of our camp, we're calling it Joy Village because we want people to know the joy of knowing Jesus. And we're creating a village here with some acres of land and building or trying to raise money to build and orphan houses, widows, homes, all of that. And one of our children, 10 year old girl, she's got malaria right now. And they called for me to pray and you know, when you've been in the secret place, I'm telling you, faith rises in your heart. Faith um, is, is, is increased and illuminated in our hearts and minds because we've been with Jesus. You remember that it says of the uh, early church apostles, the disciples of Christ, that they marveled that these men were uneducated, but they could tell that they had been with Jesus. And, and that's the cry of my heart. And I'm I'm urging that to be the cry of your heart if it's not already, that, that people would say of you, I can see that he, that she, that they have been with Jesus. We can see that that's a church that's been with the Lord, that that's a ministry that's been with the Lord and that there is testimony, that there is history with you and God. And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm getting really excited as I'm sharing this with you. I can sense the presence of the Lord just here. Um, all over my skin, I can even feel the, the touch of God on my skin. It's like we're mingling with God when we speak of him and the Holy Ghost loves to just come alongside and lift up that precious name, Jesus, and make Jesus more real and more famous in our hearts and in our minds. And, and so, guys, I'm coming to a close. I don't want these podcasts to be too long because uh, here in Africa, in Malawi, we have Internet issues regularly. So the longer the podcast, we, uh, we have problems uploading and publishing. But I want to finish with this and just to throw this out and to encourage you to pray about this. But this is something I wrote down in my journal this morning as I was having Bible study with some of our men here. If God can find you faithful in the secret place and faith filled in the streets, imagine the glory he would drink out of the cup of your life. 
if God can find you and me faithful in the secret place and then faith-filled in the streets. Imagine the glory he drinks out of the cup of your life. And I want to live my life that way, faithful in the secret place and faith-filled in the marketplace. I want more power in the marketplace and more presence in the secret place. So then there's more power birth for the marketplace and more presence in the secret place. And you have that secret place intimacy and marketplace ministry. And it all comes out of the deepening yearning of our hearts for the presence of Jesus Christ. And so let me finish with a little prayer and uh, just ask the Holy Spirit to quicken you and to illuminate Christ in you today, that you would see the cross, that you would um, not focus so much on any of your struggles and weaknesses and vulnerabilities, but you would consider Jesus, who in all ways was tempted but sinned not. And if you're struggling with sin, the Bible says in Hebrews, you have not yet to the point of bloodshed. So consider Jesus. In other words, just keep on fixing your gaze upon the Lord. Focus on Jesus as Philippians chapter four tells us, I think it's verse six, In the Passion Translation, it says, do not be distracted or do not be pulled in various directions. It talks about fastening your mind and fixing your eyes. And I just want to encourage you. So, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for your blood. I thank you for your cross. I thank you for your resurrection. I thank you for your eternal glorification. I thank you that we who believe are seated with you, Jesus, in heavenly places, that we are positioned with our Father. We are no longer orphans. We are no longer pathetic, uh, pitiful excuses of existence, but we are children of the Most High God. And we have, as Hebrews tells us, access daily, boldly to come into the throne room of grace and experience at any time we choose the presence of our loving Father. And so God, I pray that you would wake me and wake up those listening with the reality, the truth, that the spirit that you breathed into our hearts at new birth, at our salvation, is a jealous lover and you intensely desire to have more and more of us, more and more more and more, 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 more. You want another five minutes. You want another half an hour. You want another song. You want another verse to be read. You want another um, uh, another praise to come out of our lips. You want another time in our, in our presence as we want time in yours. So God, I pray that you would merge into those that listen to this podcast and those that hear it because it's been shared. This message of private adoration and public availability. God, I pray that you would find men and women all across the earth. Your word clearly says that when Jesus returns, will he find faith in the earth? And you're looking for availability. You're looking for those that are ready to go into the marketplaces, into the business world, into the schools, into those kind of arenas, stadiums, crusades, one-to-one evangelism. All of it's important to you, God. You want the world to know that you are good. You want the world to know that the devil's real and he's a liar and he's a thief and he's come to destroy and bind up and create a slavery in our lives. And Lord, you want men and women that know who you are, that they might abolish the slave trade, uh, modern day slave trade, the slave of slavery of sin's power and the slavery of insecurity and fear. You want that broken so that your people could be loosed and that they could become effective witnesses and warriors 
to the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, bless those that listen to this podcast. I pray in some way it would edify them, encourage them and strengthen them. And of course, challenge them as it is me. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Guys, God bless you. And uh, do check out my Instagram, robjoyce79, or go on Facebook. I have a page, um, a, a public figure page, Rob Joy. You can find me on there. And we're regularly posting testimonies. We're regularly updating with mission work here in Malawi. We are regularly um, pouring out examples where God is using children here and new Christians here, baptisms and all sorts going on, the healing of the sick. We want to encourage you. We want to release the impartation of the kingdom through social media, through podcast, through our YouTube channel. That's going to be coming soon. Parade the Elephant. I will let you know when. But for now, go ahead. Join our uh, Instagram page, RobJoyce79, and our charity slash ministry page, which is STN underscore missions. And you can find us on there. And we would love to hear from you. If you've got any questions, please feel free to email us at rob.joy at kingdomcause, that's C-A-U-S-E, dot community. Rob.joy at kingdomcause.community. Community. God bless you. Have the best week you've ever had and go and tell somebody that Jesus Christ loves them and lay hands on them and see them set free in Jesus' mighty name.